The timing was precise. All six charges detonated at the same instant and a circular stretch of the ice pack exploded into an expanding cloud of water vapor and ice fragments. When the rumble of the blast had faded to silence and the last of the scattered ejecta had fallen back to the surface of the ice pack, a large opening, about thirty meters in diameter, remained in the ice. Between the displacement effect of the shockwave and the heat of the expanding gases, the hole was nearly clear of debris, leaving a sizable circle of the Sea of Okhotsk open to the frigid Siberian sky. Left alone, the newly formed pocket of open sea would have begun to skin over with new ice almost immediately. But it was not to be left alone, because the detonation of the shaped charges was only the tiniest precursor of the energies about to be channeled through this particular section of frozen ocean. The water near the center of the opening began to foam, and the surrounding ice began to vibrate. An enormous bubble broke the surface of the water, followed a millisecond later by the blunt-nosed cylindrical shape of a Russian R-29R nuclear missile. Still riding the supercavitating gas bubble of its submerged launch system, the 35-ton missile had barely cleared the surface of the water when the liquid-fueled rocket engines of its first stage ignited. Nitrogen tetroxide merged with unsymmetrical dimethylhydrazine to feed the missile's fiery exhaust. With a roar like an insanely massive blowtorch, the weapon leaped toward the sky on a silver-white column of smoke and flame. Accelerating rapidly, it was moving at five kilometers a second, roughly four times the speed of a high-powered rifle bullet, when it blew through the thin layer of cirrostratus clouds in the upper troposphere and shot into the stratosphere. Three seconds later, and still accelerating, the first stage burned out and the missile passed through 25,000 meters, where the deepening blue of the sky gave way to the blackness of space. The engines of the second stage fired, blasting the upper third of the missile up and away from the burned-out and empty hulk of the first stage. Relieved of its burden, the missile gained still more speed, climbing away on its own pillar of flame while the remains of the discarded first stage fell back to earth like a man-made meteor of scorched aluminum-magnesium alloy. The second stage burned out at an altitude of 200 kilometers, triggering timed electrical pulses to a ring of small explosive charges in the mating collar that joined the second stage of the missile to the warhead bus. The explosives detonated instantly, fracturing the aerodynamic collar along carefully engineered structural stress points. The inertia imparted by the small explosion was enough to separate the warhead bus from the expended second stage. Referred to by missile engineers as mechanical separation, this final severance of the payload from its launch vehicle marked the end of the boost phase of the trajectory and the beginning of the ascent phase. Moving at seven kilometers per second, the bluntly conical warhead bus no longer needed rocket engines to complete its journey. From this point forward, the Earth's gravitational pull and the physics of ballistic flight would do all the work. The trajectory of the weapon began to flatten now, nosing over into a curving arc toward the east and that mass of land known to humans as North America. 21st Space Operations Center, Sunnyvale, California. Technical Sergeant Diane Claxton watched the screen of her SAWS console and inhaled softly through clenched teeth. This couldn't be right. This just couldn't be right. Ignoring the pulsing red alert icon at the top of her display screen, she tapped a rapid series of commands into her console and called up an off-axis view from another early warning satellite. The second bird, another U.S. Air Force Eagle Eye series surveillance satellite, was at the extreme edge of its operational footprint, so the images it produced were grainy and poorly focused. Despite the lack of optical clarity, the feed from the second satellite confirmed the findings of the first. 
Technical Sergeant Claxton adjusted her communications headset so that the microphone hung a few inches in front of her mouth. She keyed the mic. Senior Watch Officer, this is Station 5. Eagle Eye is tracking a ballistic missile launch alert in Sector Green, grid reference 28 Alpha. The launch point appears to be south of Siberia and west of Kamchatka. Looks like the Sea of Okhotsk. She tapped in another sequence of keystrokes. I have off-axis confirmation from a second Eagle Eye bird. Missile trajectory is east, toward California. A voice crackled in the sergeant's left ear. This is the senior watch officer. I copy ballistic missile launch alert in sector green, grid reference 28 Alpha. Cross-check with pave pause for radar confirmation. Pave pause, short for Precision Acquisition Vehicle Entry Phased Array Warning System, was a long-range land-based radar network operated by the U.S. Air Force's Space Command. Its primary mission was to detect and track ballistic missiles that might pose a threat to U.S. territory.